0: blog talk radio
1: aloha welcome everyone to the show today thank you for being here welcome we, welcome you're listening to you are okay which is sponsored by our host are powered by blog talk radio and i am bob and i am hosting co-hosting today from austin texas and mara is with us and she is co-hosting from Seattle, Washington.
0: Good morning, everyone. Excuse me for jumping in there, but uh, I'm pleased that I'm still online. Please forgive me if my phone signal fails here. As we all know, I have the infamous bad uh, cell phone service. I'm going to switch. You can all send suggestions. But uh, welcome, welcome today. Seattle's lovely. The sun is actually shining through the rain clouds.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, it's nice (laughs) here today as well. It was beautiful day yesterday. The Today we're going to talk about verse one of the Tao and we'll introduce verse two at the end of the show. What I'd like to do this morning is just thank everyone for being here and remind everyone to be thankful. Be thankful for everything that you have. Be thankful, thankful, thankful. The... And we would like to thank you for rating us in the past, if you have, and if you haven't rated our show, we'd like to ask you to rate us with the conclusion of the show today. And we'd like to ask you to tell your friends if you enjoy listening to the program. We enjoy doing it, and we would love to have more and more listeners every week. We'd also like to make sure that everyone's aware that Mara does a show every Friday morning now, and... She does that guided meditations using a book that she wrote together with the universe called Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. And for those of you that aren't aware, you could get that book uh, either by clicking the link there on the blog talk radio site, or if you would like to receive a free copy via email, you can send an email to mkwlawfirm at aol.com but uniquely me in the subject line the Tao. please do, the
0: please,
1: Dao please do. Yeah. people to call in to tell us if they've had if they've had any experience over the last week trying to to live the daw trying to live with less over the past week, the as we discussed verse nine last nine and ten over the last couple of weeks, the the first verse of the Tao really is goes is about mystery, and I have a couple of quotes that I'd like to read this morning about mystery. the The first one is by R. Fitzhenry, and the quote goes like this, Uncertainty and mystery are energies of life. Don't let them scare you unduly, for they keep boredom at bay and spark creativity. The boredom is something that I just don't like boredom. You know, even when I'm at work and I'm really, really busy, and people say, "Hey, Bob, how are you doing?" and I say, "Oh, I'm busy, but hey, I'd be much rather be busy than bored." So that one really spoke to me, and it's also sort of saying, "Take action." You know, don't don't let it scare you that there's uncertainty and mystery out there. It really is the energy of life, and that mystery is what you know is that we need to make sure that we 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 search for. And
0: it's a magnetic pull, Bob. I, and to me, it's like a magnetic pull. It that thirst to know more, to feel more. I think it's a very human instinct, and 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 so, although some people are satisfied, uh, we with finding answers on the internet, I think a lot of people, hopefully, want to live life to find answers, and so they they explore now everybody defines their box about what's boredom obviously differently for some people reading a good book is boredom whereas for the typical uh, college student uh reading a novel would be great fun right. so it you know because that's a change from what they're having to do and it's reading the textbooks and so obviously it's got that same human influence everybody is different No two people are the same. But the one thing that I think we lose sight of is simply staying inside our homes, looking for the answers defined in our homes, blocks us from having a a full experience. Uh, That goes to that passage that's coming up in uh, uniquely do, 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 you know, doing is the way And, and just kind of stepping outside uh, of the door, not looking for all your answers on the computer.
1: That's right. Or in books. You know, I was going to talk about, and this leads quickly yeah. into it, is I, I I think I told you off air that we had uh, decided to use one of our bedrooms as an office. and <clears throat> So we got some office furniture and got some bookcases, and my books have been in a closet for a couple of years, and I have lots of books, lots of books. Uh, I used to read a whole, whole, whole lot, and I really don't read too much anymore. But I, as I was undoing all these books, I, would, I thought of a couple things. I was thinking of, you know, of the way that Dyer says, you know, in in his book, that you should, you know, get rid of the stuff that you don't use. If you, yes. you know, get stop having so many possessions. Yeah. And I also thought. I remember many years ago a friend of mine coming to my house, and I it was at a point where I didn't have all my books in boxes or in a storage unit. Mm-hmm. That I have this set. It's called Sacred Writings, and it has it's uh, the Tanakh, the Quran, the Rig Veda, the Bible, and and Confucius, and maybe a couple other books. And I remember they were on my shelf, and my and someone said to me, "Wow." You you're not one to talk about religion but you have all these books. Yeah. Why do you have all of these books about religion if and you know are you searching for something? And that came to me as I was putting that series there on the on the bookcase and and something told me, you know, you have all these books and you've searched for that mystery in books. Stop looking at yes. the books. They're not in the books. It's and not in I the books. Yeah, they're not there. You know, I kind of came, to the, <laughs> <I> came <laughs> to the conclusion yesterday that I, I was just sitting outside meditating and thinking about, you know, the voice that said, it's not in the books. That uh, said, you know, and I'm thinking, well, you know, where is it? And it really is, took me back to thinking of us as body, mind, and soul and how that one bringing all of those together and to be one being and to not allow others to manipulate us and not allow others to harm us is is where it's at it's and it doesn't have a name there isn't a name for it because when we find it we don't we can't describe it it's a piece that sometime that I've had a couple of times in my life while doing meditation where I'm just feel so peaceful that there is nothing you don't want to come back but you you don't know how to describe it i, I there's no word for it and it really is what the first chapter of the dao is talking about i think
0: i think so too i i agree with you it, it really is i uh that's probably a good thing for us to focus on is maybe we should get our listeners breathing a little bit here. But I really do believe it is in those three deep breaths. It is in the OM, the cleansing thought of OM. That's one of the things we talk about on the Friday meditations is – using the word om or amen you know whatever word works for you but there's such a cleansing in that concept because it keeps your it fills your mind when you say that word just as um today when we do the breathing exercise feel the the experience of om because it actually cleans it clears your thoughts out of your mind it's even if only for a few seconds and a lot of people forget that they think that they've got to have hours on end, and they've got to get to that place you describe, Bob, of, of being, you know, at this intense state of peace, and it's wonderful. That would be great, but then you're not living at all. You, you're not. I mean, I have to tell you, there was a time when um, I found that place, and I never wanted to leave it. I just was very content to be there, and, uh, but I wasn't living. I pretty much was willing to give up everything I owned, uh, my job, anything, just to feel that feeling and um, that is, you know, definitely not the, uh, I think that we need to experience other people in life, just like you were saying, looking for the mystery, the mystery in people and life and everything.
1: I agree. I agree. That's, and let's, start our breathing exercise but before we do that real quick i want to say that i changed up the music a little bit for the breathing for the music after the breathing exercise and there's there's a um i'm going to play uh it's called prayer of change and it's by afshin or afshin i'm not sure how it's pronounced the the reason i chose it is when i listened to this piece it reminded me so much of one of my favorite classical pieces which is Mendelssohn's Eighth Octet, which I can listen to at any time, and it just makes me happy. The violins and the, oh, it's just yes. a magnificent piece, and I wasn't sure if we could play that on the radio because, or on the show today, because it, there's some rules around whether what can go, since there are people that may download it as a podcast, so I was kind of reading that yesterday and thought, no, but I found this piece that we can play, and it reminded me of it so much, so... Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it at the end of the exercise, and just think about, just smile. It'll just make you smile, the peace will, I promise. So as we normally do, we are going to, I almost forgot, do our our centering exercise, which comes from uh, How to Pray Without Being Religious by Janelle Moon. And so let's everyone just take in a deep breath and let's start to center ourselves and remember that there is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being where love is never ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in you which matters. From your heart, you are centered. You are in a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. I might add, you're centered in the mystery of love.
0: Yes, beautiful.
1: So let's everyone take deep, cleansing breaths today. Take at least three breaths as we go through and speak. You may take more, but take those breaths deep. Feel your feet planted like a tree in, in nature, with long roots down there, and it as it's think of yourself as that tree that's pulling up water in from its roots, and it pulling that water all through the trunk of its body and out into its limbs, and it feels the carbon dioxide which we are exhaling out, feeding it, and as that tree exhales, it changes that carbon dioxide, into the oxygen which we breathe in. So breathe in and think of that beautiful exchange between us and nature and plants and that whole symbiosis that we have between us and nature and that big mystery that's there of how does this all work together. And as you do that, pull that air up through your feet up through the trunk of your body, up into your arms. Feel it filling your lungs. Take in deep, deep breath. Fill your lungs with as much oxygen as you can. And then as you exhale, exhale all of the air. Get every bit of air that you can out of your lungs.
0: And today think on um, and feel the peace in your mind as you're exhaling. Because there's no room for thoughts in your mind when you are thinking Aum. It's a gift from the universe as it transfuses your body with energy as love fills you. Aum. Aum.
1: breath up through you send out love to those that you may not particularly love this week or any time in the past send love to those who have transgressed against you this week send love to yourself send love to everyone and as you exhale this morning push your shoulder blades together so that your chest is exposed and your heart is pushed out and it's as far as far out as you can push it into the into the sky and just exhale all of that air and lean back a little bit and let all of the air out and let your heart send out love to everyone send out love 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 may love enfold you may love enfold everyone
0: that is wonderful music and i i think it speaks to the idea that really that contentment of living in a reclusive life separate from all around you and just living in constant union and connection with god is wonderful but really the peace of life finds its greatest greatest definition its greatest contentment as we're going to see today when we're talking about verse 2 in living and being a part of the vibrancy, the chaos of life, and staying in that peaceful place. And that music just lifts one's spirit up because it shows that it's not always the dirge, dirge, dirge music with very little melodic component that brings you closer to a calm state. The calmness, when you're able to stay calm in the midst of chaos, even if it only is four or five seconds, is so much more fulfilling for me than living in a reclusive place. So let's all reach our arms out, starting first with our right arm, Half the time at home, I don't know which direction my right arm's going, but today I have no idea. My sink is off so far. But let's reach that arm around and let's feel the connection of each and every person who listens to this program now and later. Let's feel their energy and feel the joy as they grab a hold of our hand. And now as you're feeling the energy circle the planet, knowing that this revolution of love that we're about can happen with one person, with two people, with three people. It doesn't have to be a mass uprising, but with time, it will be. So let your arm go and feel the glorious, glorious pulse of the electronic energy of our love, our vibrations of love beautiful crystal clear and iridescent sparkling love sending it around the world sending it around now reach out with your left arm and feel the connection feel us as we complete the circle the world is ours at this moment we have completely encased this planet in love does that mean the miraculous things are going to happen If even one person turns to love and joins our revolution, that is a miracle. Each time a new person listens to the program and tries in love, that is a miracle. We shouldn't define. We need to work against defining everything in terms of large numbers, but instead defining it in terms of large loving actions from ourselves. And I want to invite each of you today to lift up your right foot. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up as high as you can. And then set it back down. And now lift up your left foot as high as you can and feel it being lifted. Now, my friends, you are not trapped in anything you have done in the past. You are perfect just the way you are. There is nothing new you have to do in this moment right now than be a loving being. That is your nature. In saying this, we're not excusing conduct that certainly is unloving, but we're recognizing that who gets to judge what is the most unloving thing. I have certainly killed people with my unloving words at times. I've killed their spirit. I've taken away from them. That is a great travesty, but I know I am enough right now, just the way I am. That I did not have to stay marred with my feet stuck in cement. That I could lift my feet up and move forward, knowing that I am enough. That I don't have to be perfect to be loved by love, by God. That I am valued, mistakes and all, and that what's really in front of me is right now and how I live this moment, and if I slip and if my words kill the spirit again, I get another chance and another chance and another chance, and it is in those moments that each one of us stay at peace in the midst of chaos, do not allow ourselves to be pulled into unloving behavior when everything in our human being says we should, it is in those particular moments that we are part of the revolution of love. So now let's take this collective energy that is circling the planet and let's send a beautiful, sparkling love that is coming from all of us to everyone. Let us inspire those who have not to believe that they are worthy and that they will have. Let us inspire those who have so much and have forgotten to share, that sharing is not based on worthiness but based on love. Let us inspire those who have weapons and can create camps of us and them to see beyond our differentness to our similarities. Let us send love to all, and as we move forward today, May the universe may love, may God, may Yahweh, Allah, the great spirit, the eternal one, the holy mother, the divine mother, the all that is, the great and eternal mystery. May it inspire us to react to others in love and may it remind us when we do not that we are enough. Let's join together now, and all of us say together, I am enough. I am enough. Three times. I am enough. I am enough. Now believe it. I feel some doubt. I feel some doubt coming through our circle of love. I am enough. My friends, remember when, when it is recited that God said, I am that, God meant, I am you. Let us aspire today to be our holiest, our highest self. That is the challenge. It's so much easier to give in to the human components. But let us work to be more today than we were yesterday. And if we aren't, then that's okay. We always have tomorrow. We are enough. Namaste, my friends.
1: Bob. Thank you. Remember, always do your best. And remember, don't let other people define what your best is. There's no need to live up to someone else's expectations. Let their expectations go. Have your own expectations of yourself.
0: Exactly.
1: The, exactly. Let create your create Oh sorry, I just see a big spider on my ceiling. Oh <laughs> <It's> like,
0: okay. <laughs> are you afraid of spiders, Bob? <laughs>
1: the spiders. It made me think of Mary Jane.
0: <laughs>
1: but it's probably screaming it right now if she's listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At the thought of a spider on the ceiling. Uh huh. <laughs> You know what the challenge of that spider always is 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 how do I that fragile being, and you know what each and every one of us are fragile beings too and and we're so often insensitive, but when we go up to that spider, the challenge is to slightly get it from the ceiling and out the door. You know I've seen you do it, so I know your nature and how do we do that? And yet we look at it and we don't always succeed, and it may go out a little maimed with one of its long legs broken. We, how often do all of us, my friends, take the time to look at the fragile being in front of us?
1: But yes. they are beautiful creatures. If you, I mean, unless you're totally terrified of them, I guess. Yes,
0: but, I think so. Arachnophobia is another thing, right? yes, you're right. They are beautiful creatures.
1: Right, Just, and I don't think you ever saw me treat a spider that way in MJ's house. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: I know. I've watched her in action. <laughs> yeah, the, she, she doesn't get close They're amazing. To their
1: the, the look at a spider web—how intricate and how detailed. What a mystery, right? Yes. Mystery. You know, we could, someone could sit there and study them forever, but are they going to figure that mystery out? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, then then it's not really a mystery, I guess. But, and, you know, maybe a mystery is, it's a a mystery for me, may not be a mystery for someone else. Well, you know what? And that's the whole
0: thing. Yeah, and that's okay. Everybody's got their own mysteries.
1: And I I think maybe that's what. I'm going to go ahead and read the chapter, first verse of Please. the Tao.
0: Perfect, thank you, Bob.
1: And think about that as I read it. That the that you know a mystery maybe is for you is something. It's not a mystery for someone else. So the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The Tao is both named and nameless. As nameless, it is the origin of all things. As named, it is the mother of 10,000 things. Ever desireless, one can see the mystery. Ever desiring, one sees only the manifestations. And the mystery itself is the doorway to all understanding. How does one become desireless? That's what I, I... like broke one of my golden rules about books, and that is you don't write in them. And as I was, uh, I actually wrote in the book, so I broke my golden rule. But I, but I'm comfortable with it.
0: Which is Jeez. a desire, <laughs> you know. You know, maybe, maybe I became
1: desireless in that aspect. as as I wrote it, I. I Lost the desire to keep the book perfect.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things for me, Bob, is that people, uh, when we talk about desires, we almost, people immediately take that to asceticism. I hope I'm saying that right, but but, you know, somebody who's going to go live in a cave and doesn't need anything and doesn't want anything, and I'll be frank with you, at one point in my life I didn't go live in a cave, but I certainly approached life in that same manner, uh, thinking that I, I just didn't need to have things, and I lived a very sparse existence in a very confined place for a period of time, and I don't think that's what desireless is. Uh, not that we need to acquire, as we talked about last week about uh, when we were talking, I think, about verse 10. You don't have to, to, there has to be a point at which you feel content in your space. But to me, I think desireless comes from letting go and letting love.
1: Because it said, comes, ever desireless one can see the mystery so is yes. it that you stop you let it go you just let, you let go, it go. And, and the mystery will come to you You accept. Stop looking accepted. for it in books stop looking for it in uh, a gypsy fair or wherever
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I stopped going to psychics and other people for the most part I know that you periodically read for me but Um, I just pretty much stopped doing that because I realized that I need to let go and let God, let love, let Allah, Yahweh, whatever words you want to use, because we all are going to, we all ultimately have the same light in mind, this loving being, and everyone's walking toward their own path toward it. And that's okay, but it's all, as Mahatma Gandhi said, everybody gets the same destination.
1: Right. Oh. I heard on NPR. I might have said this on the show. I don't remember if I have or not. But there was a, they were talking about a group. I don't know where they are, but they uh, they meet and it's they call it their virtues group. And mm-hmm. they instead of having church, they have virtues. And one of the kids I guess asked in the in the virtue classes was asking. Something about what is the you know what is God or what is the light or what is this or that and one of the the people that was on the show said um, think of it this way or what is religion he may have asked I don't remember exactly and the the lady said think of it you know there's lamp shades there's all kinds of lamp shades but when you turn it on the light on the light shines through
0: oh isn't that beautiful. Oh, my, what exquisite. That's beautiful, yes.
1: Puts it in such simple lampshades. terms, but yet, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but yet perfect. I mean, easy perfect. enough for a child to understand.
0: Oh, yeah, the light shines through. Absolutely. Isn't that gorgeous? All kinds of
1: lampshades, but the light shines through.
0: Exactly. And so to me, uh, going back to to the whole idea of being desireless, it is accepting what is in front of you it is not not wanting a new car or a dress or something like that but i'm afraid if you spend your entire life focused on what you don't have you're going to miss seeing what you do have you know i mean we've all been there or i think most people have but you know but if you just accept what you have right now where things are there's such a peace in the moment. And and when you recognize that something you've said or done is causing someone else to feel pain, then you back off because you don't want to cause pain. You know, that goes to Don Miguel Reese. Do you want to be right or do you want to be at peace? And so to me, being desireless is accepting the moment just as it is. I mean, and beautiful as it is here right now, my daughter's got, and, and looking for the beauty of it. Looking for the beauty of it. I see the tulips with a little bit of water on the top. And just, wow, gorgeous, gorgeous. Acceptance and relaxing and believing you are important to the universe. You are enough. With that said, with that said, everything else.
1: I, th- I, I think you're right on. That's it. It's not, as you said, it's not, do I need a new car? Do I need a new dress? There's there's something, yeah, there's something to say about that, that it's appreciating what you have.
0: Yeah, and when you, when you appreciate, when you feel that you are enough, I, I really believe this revolution we're involved in here, Bob, that we're talking to people about that we're in the series for, is believing when you believe you have enough then you can share with others.
1: A lot like you can't love someone else unless you love yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and it's not it's not the people who, the Joe blows who are making who are barely getting by, which amazes me because Joe and Josephine tend to share with everybody who asks. I mean, tend to share more than they have and can do. It's the guys at the top that we need to have stop being so acquisit- acquisitive. There is enough. Bob, you and I have read that book this year and I know that that was one of the things we talked about, you know, but there is enough. There's enough for everybody if we stop if if people would stop thinking they had to have more than they need.
1: Right. That's what it is is that, you know, once you get to that point, do I need all these books? <laughs> Do I need all the clothes that are hanging in my closet? Do I need all of the whatever ever it is that you have if you you know have three hundred pairs of shoes or i I'm not one to have a whole lot of shoes, but I have a lot of books. <laughs>
0: But, but, see, I understand. I do, have, I do have a few pairs of shoes, not what I used to have. But oh, I wasn't picking you know on
1: you. <laughs>
0: I, know, I know you weren't, but I thought of that when you said the shoe things. But the book thing is so interesting, Bob, for me, because there are some books I know I need. And the reason I know I need them is because I give them away continuously, and then when they're gone, I feel like I should buy it again. For instance, I gave away Jerry, uh, I, I don't know the two names, so I should just say the Hicks book on the uh, the Law of Manifestation. My daughter gave me that as a Christmas gift, and I read it. I absolutely adored it. It meant so much to me that I wanted Mary Jane to share in the joy of it, and I think you bought one. I sent it to Mary Jane, and then, uh, then I thought, wow, I missed that book, and probably part of what I missed was my daughter's energy. But so then I bought a new one, and then I gave that to somebody. So then I had to buy a new one. I have probably bought seven copies of the Law of Manifestation, and so I give. I tend to give my books away. And I gave and I, that
1: book away too.
0: Yeah. Now that book. I now have a new copy again. I don't know who will come along that I think would benefit from it. Uh, you notice we're giving uniquely created away. <laughs> you know, if people just send us an email, they'll get a full-fledged book. It won't be as cute, but it works. And um, then uh, the other one uh, I have to have around me is Don Miguel Reese's uh, The Four Agreements. I have to have that book. I cannot have that gone. And now what's interesting is I gave away my uh, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, dire book. I gave everybody that I loved um, who was not a part of my family tapes from that, you know. And then I had the book for myself, and I gave that to a friend who uh, had the tapes. And so now I, I've ordered a new one of those. And I've ordered Janelle Moon's uh, book on You Don't Have to Be Religious to pray right now, those are the four books I need, and of course, every book that Yogananda has ever written, I have to have <laughs> I, and i seldom I seldom give those away, isn't that funny? I do not give my master's books away that that's one body I will what I will do is buy someone a new one and send it to them. but I give books away, isn't that weird? So here we are okay. we're kind of.
1: I give them away, too. People will come over and, some, or you know, I'll just give them a book. And I never, you know, I always they'll say, can I borrow a book? And I always, I treat it as if a family member needs to borrow money. You give it to them instead of mm-hmm. lending it to them because it's Exactly. Just don't ever,
0: yeah. And it's
1: agree, just money.
0: It is. It's just money. If you're, if you're giving money to family, only give them as much as you can give because you're not generally going to get it back. And and, and besides which, there's there's just so much inner joy and in just releasing the money when you you attach all those loan terms and stuff then then you almost become a banker and you attach all the banking mentality to the gift and and it just takes so much away because suddenly the joy of sharing and helping someone along is gone you know so um i think you just need to give it up i'm forever saying that uh to um family members who give more than they can afford to give with the, because they like to hope that it's going to be given back. My mom in particular, I know she's not listening, uh, and so I can say this, but she just needs, I just keep saying, Mom, don't give any more. Then do not give any more than you can afford to give. Comfortably can. Yeah, because yeah. She, she's not going to loan that back, or that person's not going to pay that back. I I have one, uh, there are people who give, like my mom, checks that she can never deposit Can you imagine, I mean, how that takes away from the peace in her latter days of life? Friends, I'm talking to all of you out there, too. Please call in and share your experiences about, you know, being desireless. My my mom's greatest desire is to go to the 99-cent store. And so she's accumulated a little bit of of things, lots of things, lots of 99-cent things, and then a little bit of cash. And then people will borrow from her and they will give her these checks. And will tell her they will tell, call her and tell her when she can deposit them. So now she's got like this little nest egg of checks that are worthless. Mm. She'll never, she can never deposit them, never. <laughs> so you can see how, but she once again, she it's her mind that's taking her into the moment. So she goes through the checks and she comments each time that she can't deposit them yet because she hasn't had the call. She's lost the complete joy of sharing, and now she's also losing the joy in in moments now. So it's like, folks, you know, give what you can give. Don't expect it to be returned. And, and just kind of engage in this revolution of love um, without expectation, whether you're giving the book away like Bob is or you're giving money. And, and be desireless. And maybe that's part of the desirelessness, accepting everything just the way it is.
1: It's giving without expectations. You got it. Which is
0: perfectly said.
1: What we're always talking about is from from day one. I think when we did when we co-hosted was the, Yogananda quote, the saying. You know, uh, how could I not? How could I be mad at you? I don't have any expectations of you.
0: I love that quote. You're right. That's so exactly right. I think of it every
1: week. Let's oh. see. You know, today when I was doing the centering exercise, every time I read that, something pops into my head, yes. and today, there was there's the part that says, and I never usually share what pops through my head, but today I'm going to. The, uh, Good. I'll one little passage of it was, love can find its wings to grow. I was sitting in the yard with the dog this morning, and we're, I'm sitting in the chair, and she was kind of sitting next to me, running around, and we're playing, and she... Um, all of a sudden, and there were a bunch of birds in the background. Lately, I've heard a lot of birds in the morning. And the, I think it's the season, it must be the season when all the little birds are being born. Obviously, it is because a little bird, I saw it fly, and I was like, that's kind of odd. The bird is, looks like it's having a little bit of trouble. And I said, oh, it's a little baby bird, and it was flying and crashed into the fence. And I was like, oh, no, the dog is, the first thought was, oh, no, the dog is going to go grab that bird. And I was like, oh, stay here. And she actually listened. There's a one in ten chance of that happening. And <laughs> I went over, and I and she followed me, but she stayed right next to me. And I walked over to where the bird was. And as soon as I got close enough, she or he started flittering its wings, and it was able to go up in the air. And it was just like, wow, the mystery of how. I think it can fly like that, and how I was just so happy that nothing was wrong, that it didn't yeah. injure itself as it pummeled into my fence. Yes, <laughs> but it was probably oh. the bird's first flight.
0: Yes, yes, on wings of love, huh? Yep. Yes, you know, and also, I mean, the the whole mystery when you walked up to the bird, you know, you walked up completely unaware of its physical condition. How right. many times how many times when we're talking to people do we presume we know what is motivating them and what they are thinking? Isn't that part of the mystery? Isn't part of the mystery of life of living is asking questions instead of operating on assumptions? It's something that I'm working on continuously. I'm, I have to admit I'm not always good at it.
1: Well, you know what they say about making assumptions.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, no. but how often do we say, "Why are you saying that? Why are you doing that?" Instead of immediately coming out with some retort, right? Of judgment and expectation.
1: Sure, I shouldn't say all of us, but I know I am, and we try oh, yeah. to put blame. Yes, And as as you talked about in the, uh, not this past week, but you might have mentioned it too, but the week before is uh, the passage from your book is blame does not resolve problems. No. And it was amazing to me in the last couple of days just using the last two weeks uh, from your meditations, that and coincidences or opportunities waiting to happen. And those two together... Wow! Think how powerful that is. Is that you know when that coincidence happens? Don't place blame, and yeah. that is as an, as an opportunity, an opportunity to take the high, to take the high ground, to to do your best.
0: Yes, bless blessings, Bob, blessings, because that's true. And I mean, and and our best, like Don Miguel Reason, and like you said earlier, don't let your your best be subject to other people's judgments. My goodness. Our best is our best in the moment. If we're sick, our best is different than if we're well. If we're harried, our best is different than if we're calm and, and the world is at peace and we've got nothing else on our plate. I mean, just do your best. And then don't judge. Isn't it amazing how all this interacts? Do you ever, I mean, sometimes I just sit in awe. You know, the Tao, the two Tao readings, why did in the world did we start with nine and ten? I guess because they just I don't moved know, it. but they but it's I know I don't either, but now I can see how they all fit it it's like drawing all of us into wow, that was nine and ten, and here we are in day one, and I can see how that fit in with nine and ten, yep,
1: yeah, so, I think that's why we did it because i I struggled with verse one when I first read them, and I think that's why I was like, well, let's go to move on to something that makes a little bit more, is a little bit more, less of a mystery, maybe.
0: Yeah, I know. We have enough mysteries. Right, right. You know, we want a little more concrete, but but, you know, isn't the ultimate mystery what this is all about, folks? We're asking you to believe that some being that you cannot see, that you do feel, loves you just the way you are. That is truly the ultimate mystery, but every time you sit down for your appointment with God, you sit down and you do your meditative practice each and every time that you sit there, whether your hands are cupped with your finger, your index finger and your thumb joint, I don't know if that's the index finger, first finger and thumb joint, or whether you are... Um, you know, sitting in your car and you're sending loving thoughts to the people around you, no matter what you are doing, that is the ultimate mystery you have solved for yourself. By sitting there, you would now believe that for this five-second moment, I am important enough that I know if I give God some of my attention, God, love, will give me some of his or her attention.
1: So true, so true. I'm going to introduce verse two, which we will discuss, and then we will leave you with some thoughts and music by Blue Kanda, and the name of the piece is Kanda. It's a little bit different music than normal for me to choose as well. But verse two, verse two is a little bit longer than the others.
0: You put Uh, verse two in the blog. Remind, Remind them of that.
1: Yes, verse 1 and verse 2 I put into the blog yesterday, so if you check out the blog they're there. The verse 2 is as follows: Under heaven, all can see beauty as beauty only because there is ugliness. All can know good is good only because there is evil. Being and non-being produce each other. The difficult is born in the easy. Long is defined by short, the high by the low. Before and after go along with each other. So the sage lives openly with apparent duality and paradoxical unity. The sage can act without effort and teach without words. Nurturing things without possessing them, he works, but not for rewards. He can for results. When the work is done, it is forgotten. That is why it lasts forever. Wow. Yeah. Everybody take some time to think about that one over the next week.
0: That's beautiful, Bob. That's beautiful. Well, I know that you're going to the meditative music, and so my friends, I say namaste to you. May love and fold you this week. Peace be with you now and always.
1: Have a wonderful week, everyone. Remember to be compassionate this week.
0: Breathe deep and say Aum as you're breathing through this music.